everybody. This is Hop Culture. We're the Hopkins sisters, Claire, Grace, Anne, and Tess, four sisters living in different time zones, recapping our lives, giving each other unsolicited advice, and hopefully giving you a laugh in the process. Who knows, if you stick around, we might even touch on something substantial along the way. Everyone. Hello. Hey. Welcome to Hop Culture. Today we have another meeting of our Hop Culture book club. We are going to be discussing the book Intuitive Eating, a Revolutionary Plan That Works by Elise Resch and Evelyn Triboli. Even if you haven't read the book, the concept of intuitive eating has definitely increased in popularity in recent years, so we thought that this would be an interesting topic since most of you are probably at least a little bit familiar with some of the principles outlined in the book. Had any of you guys read this book before? No, I had not. No, I hadn't read it, and I was actually surprised to find out that it was first published in 1995. Like, it's not a new book at this point, you know? It's been revised a couple of times, and I feel like, obviously, like, the principles have staying power, Um, but I was like, oh, I feel like social media especially, like, has really popped the idea of intuitive eating in the last couple years. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize that this has been around for a long time, which in my mind makes it like even more um, just, I guess, trustworthy kind of. Yeah. 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 I had never, I was surprised by that too. I had never read the book, but um, as the resident Gen Z, I feel like I grew up hearing this like a lot just because social media has pretty much always, and I feel like it's kind of just gotten popular like as I became a teenager. So none of it was like super new to me, but there were some interesting points. Mm -hmm. I'm a little offended because didn't I let you borrow the book, Grace, Uh, a long time ago? And you just didn't even read it? No, you never let me borrow it. I remember you read it. I feel like maybe you let me borrow it, Anne. Maybe... I feel like I've meant to read this book for, like, over a decade. I read part of it. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, I get it. (laughs) That's what happens with every nonfiction book I read. I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. I get the gist of it. And I'm going to be brutally honest. This was a very boring experience for me to read this book. But it was good. (laughs) The nice thing about nonfiction, like, self-help is that there's so many headers Mm-hmm. That you can just yeah. go through and start reading the headers if you get bored. You can skip the ones that like, you're like, not relevant, not relevant. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I pretty much skipped the whole raising a child Me section. Too. <laughs> oh, I now listened I'm, like, to it. Doubly so- offended. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I spent all this I spent seven hours listening to this book on I was gonna say feet. I listened to it too. That's why you don't listen to self help books because you can't there's so much filler in them. Yeah, they, it gets funny when they start reading like the tables, and it uh-huh. like there was one part where it talked about how many lo- like pieces of bread you'd have to eat to like compensate for like aerobic activity or something, and it was like rowing for five minutes, one slice of bread, walking two miles, three slices of bread, and it went on and on and on, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I get the picture of like how many pieces of bread. I was listening, and what speed did you listen to it on? Double. Oh, double? I just went one yeah. and a half. I felt like I was living on the edge. I'm usually a 1.25 <laughs> kind of person. But Ella kept walking in and she's like, whoa, mom, why is this podcast lady talking so fast? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I sped up her voice so, so that I could listen a little quicker. But yeah, it was, I mean, it was good. I just felt like, especially the first half of the book, It was a lot of unpacking, like, diet culture and some of the harmful thoughts that it – that can, like, kind of stay with you if you have been a chronic dieter, which, by the way, we were going to give a disclaimer. We've Now we've, you know, already dived in, but we are going to be talking about, you know, dieting and food and stuff. So if that's an unhelpful topic for you, we totally understand if you want to skip this episode. And we are – none of us are, like – dietitians or experts were just dummies talking about 
a book, hopefully in a sensitive way, but like, I hope that we, (laughs) that we don't say anything, um, harmful. We'll absolutely do our best, but, um, it's unpacking like diet culture, the first part of the book. And so I found that part, it wasn't really like triggering necessarily, but it did kind of remind me of a lot of like thoughts and things I used to think when I was kind of in that phase of my life, which I really do feel like the last decade or so I haven't been in. And so it was partly boring because I was like, this doesn't really apply to me right now. And partly also a little bit of a relief to be like, oh, I'm relieved that like, I don't feel like I'm burdened by those issues as much as I used to be. So it was, um, but I did kind of feel like, okay, I understand like the concept, but then the second part of the book, what I really started to see was their concept of like, You have to reject the diet mentality and learn to honor your hunger before you can move on to like actually eating for like health and like really getting into nutrition. If you're still carrying those diet mentality things, thoughts with you, you're always going to like revert to that, you know, like in when you're dealing with food. So you really have to like deal with those issues before you can move on to actually looking at like the nutritional value of different foods and, you know, that kind of thing. Does that make sense? Did you guys kind of like Mm -hmm. notice that too? Yeah. Honor your hunger, honor your fullness. Those were the (laughs) main takeaways for me and I liked them. Before we get into actually talking about the content of the book, I'm curious for the people that listen to it, because I just put together something that was in the book, is that they'll be like, one of my favorite, and then they'll put like parentheses ER, Princess E.T. And I'm just realizing it's because there's two authors and if they're telling a personal story, it's mm. theirs. Mm-hmm. What was that like listening to it? They didn't do that in the audio version. In mine, she would say, I, Evelyn. Oh, oh really? Or like, yeah. Mine didn't do I that. Maybe we listened to a different. Yeah, maybe <laughs> we so listened weird. to different. <laughs> I think they have done like four editions. So maybe yeah. I just got my hands mm-hmm. on like a different edition. I don't know which one it was. Um, okay, so before we start talking for reals about our thoughts and um, everything, we wanted to just quickly outline the 10 principles that the authors um, share in the book. So the first one is to reject the diet mentality. The second is to honor your hunger. The third is to make peace with food. The fourth is to challenge the food police. The fifth is to discover the satisfaction factor. The sixth is to feel your fullness. Seventh is to cope with your emotions with kindness. Eighth is to respect your body. Ninth is movement, feel the difference. And tenth is honor your health, gentle nutrition. Uh, Okay, so one thing that the authors talked about Um, were the food rules that diet mentality can etch into our brains over time. So are there any lingering food rules that you guys feel like you've held on to over the years? I feel like the trans fat hysteria of like the early Mm. aughts really made an impression on me. Do you guys guys remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Like no no peanut butter. Oh, did peanut butter, peanut butter have butter trans tra- fat? It used to. Oh, They've changed it, but yeah. Well, now, oh, scary. Now, does is trans fat in <laughs> anything anymore? Like, I'm sure. It, it. I mean, is it in like shortening, maybe, or something? I don't know. I don't. I have not thought about it in probably 15 years. I yeah. just remember yeah. that, like, it was really like scary. Like, people were like, trans fat, trans fat, or is it everything? And like, it was like no convenience <laughs> foods, no Oreos, yeah, no peanut butter. Yeah, I do. Oreos, I remember I remember. Oreos. Yeah, and I think it just was scary because it did give you that feeling of like, oh, I can't eat these things. I think it was in like Girl Scout cookies, and it was just like, <gasps> like all my favorite foods are gonna be like taken away. From <laughs> yeah, because that one was that one was bad because it was like uh, they made it sound like it was like. Like poison. It was a death sentence. Yeah. yeah. It was very scary. <laughs> it was the silent killer for sure. It was like, yeah. Yeah. Trans fat is like, yeah, the bad one. I remember, like, then they started listing trans fat separately on labels. It would say, like, five grams of fat, three grams of trans fat. And, like, then I think 
you know, science has figured out a way to eliminate it. I don't know. But I don't feel like you (laughs) hear about it anymore. I don't ever really look for it anymore. But I do remember that being like a big deal when it kind of like hit the hit the scene. You know, it was like, yeah, the next big killer. Matt was just asking me the other day. He's like, do you ever use shortening in anything? And I was like, no, trans mm-hmm. fat. Yeah. <laughs> I have not thought about trans fat in many years. I don't know. It is funny, like, the things that your brain hangs on to. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was talking to some uh, to a lady the other day, and she was talking about peanut butter. And she was like, well, yeah, peanut butter is just, like, so high calorie. It's, like, 200 calories for like a tablespoon or something and in my head I was like it's 190 calories for two tablespoons yeah. <laughs> I know the calories of things still, yeah. like I have I never look at calories anymore but it's just like I don't know you just remember yeah. you just know mm-hmm. I, you know that peanut butter is 190 for two tablespoons yeah mm-hmm. that, yeah that was I don't know why that one stuck with every everyone <laughs> like butter a lot yeah you eat peanut butter a lot and it was one of those foods where it was like well you know it can be a high protein snack but you have to be careful because you know don't eat too much it was one of those ones that like yeah it's like Mm -hmm. one teaspoon of peanut butter Mm -hmm. with a half of an apple Uh and a rice cake cake. if you want to make it go further you can mix it with greek yogurt which is actually pretty good but (laughs) (laughs) but then it's dessert (laughs) yeah I feel like I eat very intuitively now, but every once in a while, there's still a food where I I don't realize that I've kind of been still restricting that food for myself. Like, I I will not buy, like, Costco muffins ever. <gasps> even though yes! Me too. Costco That's one that I was going to say. Mm-hmm. And You're so right. Yeah. And every time I, I consider buying them, I'm like, oh, no, those are just, like, a big 600 cupcake. calories a muffin yeah and it's just like <laughs> i can't bring myself to buy them and so the other day i was like this is so weird like i'm just gonna buy them and i did and it was no big deal like i had like one muffin a day like it wasn't like i overate the muffins i'm mm-hmm. like I, why am i scared of muffins mm-hmm. and same with like <laughs> oreos up until recently i was like no I can't bring Oreos in my house. I'll eat too many of them. And then I bought them. We left like, like the whole pack of Oreos in Florida when we went. Yeah. Remember? We got yeah. Oreos in like, we ate, like one and <laughs> There were many Oreos <laughs> left. And it's like in the book, they talked about that, how like when you restrict yourself and you won't let yourself eat these certain things and like anything starts sounding really good to mm-hmm. you because you are so hungry and you're so you don't even know what you like anymore. And once you allow yourself to eat these things, you can realize like that they're actually not even that good mm-hmm. when exactly. you have the option mm-hmm. of eating something you really like. That part had yeah. a big impact on me too because I felt the same way. Like I felt like back in the day when I was paying like really close attention to calories and like, you know, just counting calories and all that kind of stuff, it was more common for me to reach for like a convenience food kind of treat or snack because it was like, I don't know why that was. I don't know if it was because it was like, oh, it's easier to measure that and be like, I can have three Oreos because I think three Oreos, I don't know the calories, but in my mind, three Oreos is like three Weight Watchers points. I don't know if that's accurate. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably not. It's probably closer to five. Weight Watchers has gone through so many iterations at this point. At one point, it probably was. I don't remember what like year 2000 Weight Watchers points. Do you guys know that now it's just WW? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I'm sorry, but that is so dumb. Like they're trying to distance themselves from diet culture, understandably, but like it's a really lazy a rebrand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a lazy rebrand. Such a lazy rebrand. So I'm sorry, Weight Watchers people, marketing people, if you're listening to this, but you can do better than <laughs> WW. <laughs> but like I think it was easier to measure out like, you know, yeah, how many Oreos are like those chocolate like fudgesicle things that were like skinny. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. have kind of an mm-hmm. icy exterior that you have to, like, break through. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, and then they're actually pretty good. I don't I, – I mean, yeah, they were, like, a, a light, you know, treat. I think it was because that was, like, easier to kind of be, like, okay, this is, like, a 
you know, measured, small amount. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you're right. Those things don't even appeal to me anymore. Like, I yeah. would not want those things. Like, Oreos, yeah. I could totally take or leave. And I think it's because – I'm not saying that I've necessarily – I still probably could um, have a healthier relationship with sugar. I think I have a little bit of like a – I don't know. I think I still have this mentality of like it's off limits, so I crave it a lot, you know. But I you at least – You have a sugar fear. Yeah, we. I do have – well, I have a little bit of a fear of it in like – and it, I think it, this is more complex, but like – now I think that our culture has shifted more to like things that are just be like unhealthy, you know, which mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is tricky. Everything is gut healthy, clean, and mm-hmm. yeah, gut health, gut health, exactly. It's like I don't. It's know. all just to cover for the same thing. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's all still a marketing tactic, honestly, mm-hmm. which is upsetting. Yeah. yeah. My thing that I have held on to is and the book talks about this is like they talk about body checking like walking into like a group especially of new people looking at everybody's bodies without even realizing that you do it but they also talk about mirroring like what other people are eating or like how much other people are exercising like always wanting to be like just slightly quote unquote better Mm -hmm. than whatever everybody else is doing which is a terrible mindset, but I think that came from high school because, because I was explaining to Luke in high school, like even the girls that seemed like carefree were very f- focused on what they were eating and, and like what exercise they were doing in their bodies. Like, cause he, I was like, oh yeah, everybody I knew was on a diet, was over exercising. And he just had no idea because uh, he did not have to endure that. But anyway, I think I still am like, okay, everybody else in the group ate two cookies. So I can have up to two cookies, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. no more. (laughs) And it's like a subconscious thing. I thought it was interesting in the book. It talks about how, because I've heard a lot of times that people, like there's a statistic that like, when you're with people, you tend to eat more than when you're by yourself because like, you're eating in a group and you're distracted. And I was like, who eats more when they're in a group? Like, yeah, was, I don't think that's true. That sounds so fake. Did they do book, that study on men? <laughs> yeah, this book said that's only true for non-dieters. People who have dieted a lot eat a lot less around other people. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually, the other day we had a couple over to our house and it was just like overstimulating to me because we haven't had people over <laughs> for a long time. And I was just like, I accidentally like overate because I just was not paying attention. And then I was like kind of proud of myself because I was like, oh, I, I wasn't worried about food. I was worried about everything else instead of food. But that yeah, is a victory. I, yeah. There, I, I feel like, I don't know, back in high school or just when I had a less healthy relationship with food, I was very obsessive about not eating. Yeah not appearing to eat more than other people. And then you become like so fixated on, you know, whatever the treat is at the activity or whatever, because (laughs) you're just like, you're telling yourself you can't have it and then you Mm -hmm. really want it. And it probably isn't Mm -hmm. even that good. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Yeah, totally. Um, And I feel like it's also, I don't know, I always had like friends or people around that my perception was that they could just like eat whatever they wanted and didn't seem mm-hmm. to care about food or like be worried about it. And I always remember just being like, I wonder what that would be like to like yeah. just mm-hmm. not care, eat whatever you want. And just like, I'm sure they probably had their own issues, but my perception was like, oh, I'm the only one like who has to be this worried about it kind of a thing. I don't know. It was like, yeah. I, there are people that I, my, my outward looking in was that they could just like eat whatever they wanted and be totally carefree. I feel like also in a group setting or like in a dating situation, I never wanted to be like, oh, I'm not going to eat that. Or, you know, I always wanted to be like chill and like, oh yeah, like I'm on this date and I have no control over like what the food is. But half the time I was like, I don't want to eat this, but I still wanted to be like fun and like, you know, the, yeah. the cool girl mm-hmm. that would, like, eat a burger and, like, 
throw a football <laughs> around. And I'm like, I'm, I wasn't either of those things. <laughs> but it would always around. trigger this like, I just don't like situations in general where I'm not in control. And I think that mm-hmm. was like one of the mm-hmm. reasons. But I like, I don't know. I looking back, I'm like, it was such a shame. I it was like thinking about that in like social situations that should have just been fun, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. But I remember being like, oh, I don't want to eat this, you know, mm-hmm. like that's pasta or whatever, you know, that like these boys have made on this group date. <laughs> I would be like, I don't want to waste my calories on this, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, do you guys buy into this intuitive eating idea as a sustainable slash healthy way to live? We know Anne does. <laughs> I think this is the only sustainable way, way to live, honestly. But I guess I don't know. Everything. I kind of was, I don't know. I would have been curious. And maybe the whole point of the book is like they just don't even want to go into. I think maybe it is. I, I'm kind of trying to unpack, like, okay, there are principles for, like, a nutritious, balanced diet, you know? Um, there's, like, the my plate thing that the government's put out, which has replaced, like, the food pyramid. I don't follow. <laughs> what is happening here? No, they talk about it in the book. They talk about – they say, like, they're, like, even the government is moving away from, like, you know, just kind of a general, like – oh, try to eat more plants, you know, kind of more mm-hmm. of a general idea. And maybe that's just so ingrained in me, you know, but I'm like, so wait, are we really not supposed to pay attention to like the nutrient qualities of different foods? And Isn't like my plate just it. I feel like my plate just changed what you're supposed to do, but it's still trying to tell you the like one cup <laughs> I yeah, I think the rules are plate. more. It is. I'm not saying that I like a cup of milk on the table. I don't like. follow my plate. Not, <laughs> <laughs> I would love book. to see Claire. But like, okay, I'll use that. this. Macros, counting macros is very popular. And like, I know mm-hmm. people that do it, you know, and like, and and I know some. that's a, kind of a charged one because I think yeah. I've seen controversy about that on Instagram. Like, there are a lot of people that are like, I enjoy counting macros. It's like an easy way for me to just feel balanced and like, you know, some people really enjoy it and they don't feel like it's like restrictive for them. And some people really feel like it is just like Tess was saying, diet culture that's been like repackaged into like health, this nebulous healthy eating kind of, mm-hmm. you know. So I I think maybe that is starting the book. I was like, wait, so when do they get to the part where like, they talk about actually trying to eat, you know, fiber and getting vitamin A and calcium. And and even in the book, she talked about – see, in my version, I don't know which author it was because it didn't <laughs> say. One of the authors said she was talking about a time she ate cheese or something on vacation. And do you guys remember this? And, like, someone said something about her eating full-fat cheese and she was like, I was pregnant and I was trying to get my calcium. So I was like, well, see – we're still supposed to eat certain foods that have nutrients in them. So I kind of was like a little confused on that. At the end of the book, I was like, wait, so how do I was confused too. I was like, so when is someone like, when am I eating vegetables Mm -hmm. and fruits? Mm -hmm. Because (laughs) she, it's all and good to be like, I had a client who one evening just had a scoop of chocolate ice cream for dinner. And I'm like, okay, but like, I could see sometimes having protein and sometimes just having ice cream and sometimes having, but I'm like, I'm not going to have a piece of celery mm-hmm. if, <laughs> if I'm just intuitive eating. Like, and like, what am I supposed to have for lunch? <laughs> well, oh, and you go. And Anne's the expert. And then I'll go. No, I'm not the expert. I just, <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. They, uh, they do go into it in the book, but probably not as much as I guess in our culture today where we are, we've turned to a really obsessive, like, instead of being like more anorexic, <laughs> we're more like orthorexic kind mm-hmm. of like For we're sure. obsessed mm-hmm. with like health food and like nutrients and stuff. So maybe they need to do another edition where they address this a little better because it's probably a concern for a lot of people that are reading it. But like, I think part of it is, and, and Tess read the, the effort diet and it, I feel like uh-huh. did a, a little bit better job maybe of explaining this, but like 
for a while, if you've been restricting yourself for a long time, like, you kind of need to just, like, stop restricting Mm -hmm. and just, yeah, maybe eat ice cream all the time. But, like, after you actually, like, let yourself do that for as long as you need to, like, the ice cream is not really going to sound good and you're actually going to, like, crave something that makes your body feel good. And so, like, if you like cheese or something but it doesn't really make you feel good then you're gonna naturally like not eat very much cheese and choose something better and I do think you can also like you can say I don't love eating carrots but if I put some ranch with them then then they're pretty good and I do feel good eating them and I think that's still kind of counts you know as Mm -hmm. intuitive eating. Abby Sharp she has tons of videos on intuitive eating and she talks about how that's the critique that lots of people have when she tries to explain intuitive eating is that they're like but like I'm never gonna choose vegetables but I first of all I feel like they talk about practical hunger and like um planning ahead sometimes for your meals and like the importance of keeping your fridge stocked with healthy things. And like, and I think that's a big part of it is like being, being aware, but not guilting yourself. So like, and you might have to plan ahead and be like, okay, I'm going to get my five fruits and veggies in today. They also talk about getting like in the gentle nutrition section, they talk about getting enough of things instead of like, instead of restricting adding to your diet so making Mm -hmm. sure you're adding enough fruits and veggies and adding calcium and adding those vitamins um but I also feel like I've been trying for the last couple years to be intuitive and I actually think I do sometimes like a lot of times crave you know stir-fried vegetables or crave like I don't like eating just pasta with nothing like with no veggies on the side or no protein. Like I actually do crave nutrients now that I didn't before. So yeah, I feel the same way, which I never would have expected from myself. (laughs) I also was eating pirate's booty when they said, don't eat air foods. And they listed pirates. Well, they didn't say don't eat air foods, but they said as like a a filling snack don't eat air foods such as pirate's booty Mm -hmm. and that was very offensive yeah i felt called out by that too i was like whoa that's like a very specific you know (laughs) thing to say and yeah they didn't say don't do it they just said those things aren't satisfying so i liked how they said if if you like those things like try adding something satisfying along with it you know so that you're not left wanting you know like nutritionally if that's just all you're filling up on I liked, though, that they're very into just being, like, gentle with yourself. And I think part of the gentle nutrition is just recognizing that, like, one meal, one day, one week is not going to create, like, a nutrition problem for you. You know, if, like, you have been eating, you know, you're on vacation and you've eaten a lot of pizza and not a lot of fruits and vegetables, that's okay. That's not going to be, you know, a... In the grand scheme of things, that's not going to harm your health and, like, it's okay, you know, so. Although then they said with, like, movement, they were like, build it into your life and pack a jump rope. Make sure your hotel has a gym. So it was kind of like a week where you miss exercise will be. Yeah, it was I'm like, the I mean, 90s. I they had a lot of inconsistencies <laughs> or, like, your body will tell you when it wants something and what it wants. But if what it wants is pirate's booty. <laughs> you know, it doesn't really want that. Or, you know, like, I don't know. I I still don't fully buy in. I, I think that maybe I'm like, are there people who are just, like, too too old or, like, too far gone to do intuitive eating? Like, I think that only <laughs> – like, you have, to, you have to start young. Too how old? How old? Too far gone. 30. 30? Are you t- – asking for a friend just asking for a friend <laughs> oh my gosh. i noticed grace didn't seem to buy in i don't as much I don't, which is i think I just that don't think everyone's different so like it's not gonna work for enough help for someone who isn't already intuitive eating yeah i think that if you really are having problems obviously you have to go to a, di- a dietitian and like talk to someone who 
can help you with your yeah, because indi- everyone's different. I think everyone needs therapy. Like <laughs> I don't think I don't think you if you have like deep rooted bad feelings surrounding food. I don't think just reading this book is going to be enough. Mm-hmm. I think it's a start. It's a start, yeah. And maybe something supplementary you could use along with therapy. But like, I do think it, you know, it's not enough on its own, probably. But I do recommend reading it because... It was like, uh, I, some of it I liked and I I did, you know, there are quite a few of the 10 things that I'm like, yeah, okay, I've I've done this, I've done that, you know. I feel like it's probably honor your hunger. <laughs> this sounds so dumb. Honor your <laughs> hunger and feel your fullness are like, and discover the satisfaction factor. I'm like, man, how how do you get there? <laughs> mm-hmm. The book. Oh, I thought you were going to say those were the ones you're good at. What about the satisfaction factor? You don't. <laughs> I don't understand it. <laughs> oh, no. Maybe I skimmed it too fast. But. Well. <laughs> Did you just read the titles? <laughs> I think I liked the Effet diet a little bit more. I felt like it explained some things a little bit better. Grace, you need to go to Abby Sharp's YouTube, watch kidding. all her videos. I'll I'm send you a few. <laughs> Life, She's nice. <laughs> Life is so long and to like be struggling with food, with like your relationship with food your whole life is just exhausting mm-hmm. because you can't escape it. Mm-hmm. Like, like when people talk about like, oh, I have a food addiction or whatever, like that's not real. Like <laughs> that's on me. But like you can't really have a food addiction because there's no way to like cut food. We all have to have life. a food addiction. Like, like we all have to have yeah, food. Yeah, we all have to have food. And so you can't just like, ignore the problem so if you don't fix your relationship with the food then like i just it's exhausting to struggle with that like your whole life so i think if you don't like intuitive eating the book that's fine but like you're just gonna save yourself so much trouble in life if you can somehow figure out how to intuitively eat so that you're not having to think about it all the time is i'm sorry is this directed specifically at me still or is no no this is is a wider (laughs) grace Grace is feeling extremely attacked i was like if i didn't like the book i get this big pep talk no it's for everyone who doesn't like the book (laughs) (laughs) um i think the satisfaction factor i liked that principle like some of them some of the other principles i was like "Eh, i could take or leave honor your hunger i feel like i have learned over um breastfeeding for kids because there are seriously times where like i'm like i could eat like six full meals a day and still Mm -hmm. be hungry and like i do like because to be honest i'm starving right now and it's 10 (laughs) o'clock and i will probably end this and go have like a hearty snack because i'm really hungry and i've really had to work on just like like those thoughts come into your head of like, it's late at night, you shouldn't eat, just go to bed, you know, like, um, you don't need more food, like you've eaten plenty today, you know, but it's like, I'm really hungry, though. And I just know that if I don't eat, that's just gonna like, I'm just not gonna be able to like, think about other things, you know, sometimes it's like, just, you know, honor your hunger and move on with your day instead of like, doing all these things to like, distract yourself or, eating they talk about this and i think it's so true like eating a bunch of quote unquote diet foods when all you really want is something satisfying like peanut like a peanut butter spoon my girls love molly loves a peanut butter spoon it's <laughs> a spoon of peanut butter on it it's like their favorite thing but and then the satisfaction factor what that brought to mind was the concept of like a cheat meal or a cheat day which i feel like used to be really popular and I hope that's kind of going, like, by the wayside. I haven't heard that as much lately. I don't think it is going by the wayside. That yeah. Much. Yeah. I they think sort of thing, just renamed so. it, like, intermittent fasting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Unfortunately, I think that's still around. But the idea that, like, oh, you have this, like, free pass to just gorge yourself 
Which here's the thing. If you want to eat something, like eat it, you know, like you can, there's plenty of times that I probably like overdo it. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I liked how they said, just like, be kind to yourself when that happens. And like, it's just part of life, you know? Um, but the idea of a cheat meal or a cheat day, I'm like, that just totally messes up your, your like, is it satiety? Is that how you pronounce that Mm -hmm. word? Signals because you're like, this is my one chance to eat this this week. So I'm just going to gorge myself, you know, like past the point of enjoying it even. And then it's like, I don't know. I just think it, it really does mess you up kind of like that, that desperate feeling of like, I have to eat this because I'm not going to have a chance to eat it like tomorrow or whatever, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, one thing though that I, (laughs) I, Maybe I need to go and re-listen to this part when they talk about, like, cope with your emotions with kindness. I felt like it was very much, like, learn to not use food as a crutch for, like, emotional things, which (laughs) is something I've heard so many times, you know, like, don't use food to deal with your emotions. And I'm just going to go ahead and say, like, I don't think if you use food to cope with your emotions occasionally, I don't think that's the end of the world, honestly. Like, yeah. it could get mm-hmm. to the point, and and I don't, like, I'm sure there's people listening who have been like, oh, no, it's become an issue for me. And in that case, it's like, of course, like, everyone's going to have to kind of deal, figure that out, what that line is for themselves. Like, but I think we've all u- sometimes used food to cope with hard emotions, and I I don't think it's the end of the world. Like, I think life is really hard. And if, like, a comforting food helps sometimes, I personally think that's okay. And, like... Well, they also don't... They also don't give at all useful suggestions of what else to do. Because mm-hmm. it's like... <laughs> like, okay, well, if I'm... Uh, what was one of the... There were all the different emotions. And one of them was, like... I can't remember what the word was. But it was something like numbing your emotions. Or, you know, like, zoning out or something. And I'm like... Okay, so should I do like drugs or <laughs> alcohol? Because like sometimes the suggestion is like take a bath, yeah. journal, Ugh. and I'm like, yeah, yeah the okay, suggestions are bad. I'm not going to do like an active, mindful practice. Like I'm not going to no. journal if mm-hmm. I'm trying to like avoid something stressful that I don't want to yeah. do. So mm-hmm. like, give me mm-hmm. give no. me a better suggestion. Like say like like watch TV or like. Play a video game. Something that's, like, at least in the realm of, like, <laughs> yeah. realistic. I know one no. of the suggestions was put on some music and dance. And I was imagining a <laughs> oh, world my God. in like, which I'm, I'm like, like <laughs> e-harmony girl on the awful <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I've had a bad day. My boss yelled at me. I got dumped. You know, the stock market's down, whatever it is, like big what is problems. Life that you're leading? I know, exactly. <laughs> None of these apply to me. But, um, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to put on some music and dance, like my troubles. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, like I shouldn't be mean that. Maybe some people love to do that. But I was just like, if I don't. You aren't already doing that. That's not a good suggestion of something new to Exactly, try. exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't, that would not be the don't golden think- ticket. I just don't think, like, you either need to, like, confront your feelings or you can eat your feelings if you want. But, like, distracting yourself in some other way is not going to magically resolve those feelings. Mm-hmm. So it's not really that good of advice. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, like, it feels restrictive to me to be, like, I really want to eat this, but instead I'm going to make myself do something better because... I shouldn't eat this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, well, no, mm-hmm. just eat it. Like, and if you are overall an intuitive eater, you're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. And if, yeah. you're, if you're needing food to cope with stuff a lot, you, yeah, you can't really distract yourself another way. You maybe just need to cut back on work or like, fine, I don't know. Mm-hmm actually get rid of the things that are or like yeah do therapy or you know if there's something like underlying that's just not going away like Mm -hmm. it really doesn't yeah journaling or whatever i feel like i'm really mad about journaling but i feel like (laughs) people suggest journaling as a cure to like any issues one might have yeah journaling is always the top suggestion and i'm like no journaling is probably really good for you but <laughs> none of us okay. try it so can't you don't <laughs> like it i've never <laughs> successfully journaled a day in my life but i 
don't think like, it yeah let me works. add one more thing to feel guilty about test it feels well, you seem like you would totally be a journaler like yeah, i do i just well yeah. except for my sporadic nature you know yeah. mm-hmm. i wish that i could be more consistent about it i think dealing with emotions with food is a normal human reaction sometimes yeah. and i think maybe a more helpful for me suggestion would be to just notice when you're doing it and it doesn't necessarily have to be like a moral this is right or wrong but just to start observing like oh i'm coping with this with food and it's neither good nor bad but it's kind of like how jody moore you know talks about observing your emotions not in a non-judgmental way and i feel like that would be like a good thing to do in this case to see like <laughs> even jody moore What'd you say? <laughs> I said you and your Jody Moore. I know I love Jody Moore. <laughs> Jody Moore. Well, they talk about that like too in the is. book. Like they talk about being gentle and just noticing. Like, what's that voice called? They talk about a lot of different voices. Like there were a lot of voices. Track of your like voices. nurturer voice and your <laughs> yeah. anthropologist yeah. voice. It's yeah. my it's your anthropologist voice. <laughs> Thanks, Grace. That one. That one's a neutral observer. That's the like neutral, oh, I, I do think we need the neutral. That is one thing that, like, people still equate health with morality. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we need to stop looking at other people and and deciding if they're moral or not based on their yeah. size mm-hmm. or yeah. totally yeah. healthy that they are. And I think it comes from, like, curious. your own, like, how you're talking to yourself about nutrition mm-hmm. and what you're eating translates to how you think of other people. Like, if yeah. they're you know, healthier than you or, you know, quote unquote, or skinnier than you, they're better than you and vice versa. And so yeah. Mm-hmm. it's, yeah. Totally. That is all very complicated because they also talked about like how even, I don't know, like I think they talked about a a patient. She had some kind of complaints. You know, she was going to see the doctor about some health issues and they would just keep telling her like, just you need to lose weight, you need to lose weight, you know, as if that were her only health problem. And then it turned out that she had, did she have cancer? Mm, that's horrible. And like she died. Oh, and that's so sad. In her, was this in this in book? Her, I thought it was in so this sad. book. I don't, I don't remember, remember this. this. I don't remember it. But but I, read a different, I think I read a different edition than you. That's horrible because <laughs> it's too depressing. Too somber. But she like wrote her obituary and... She, like, um, said, like, nobody – the doctors didn't take me seriously because of my weight, and I knew something was wrong, and no one no one would listen to me. And so she, like, wanted that to be, like, a lesson to everyone else, and she, she was like, you know, hopefully you can learn from my passing. That's the, I thought that you That's guys were going to know sad. what I was talking about. I'm like, I, I don't even know what to say because it's so sad. I did, <laughs> I did recent, I just, I did listen to a podcast episode recently about that topic and mm-hmm. it had lots of those stories and it's just so sad that even like it's, it's infiltrated healthcare. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so bad it's, in healthcare. Yeah. Oh, doctors. Yeah. Yeah. And they probably subconsciously feel like, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but, like, feel like the person deserves to die, you know, if they're not going to take care of their I, life. Yeah, Probably I do some think of that them. some doctors are really judgmental and, um, I don't know, I've read other, you know, posts and stuff where they suggest, like, you know, ask around, get reviews, try to find, like, a more, like, body positive um doctor and and if you do go to a doctor and they just like say you need to lose weight then like have you know have a response ready because i (laughs) i remember when i got back from my study abroad in italy which again i should have just been enjoying eating all the italian food that my host family would make for me it was delicious but the whole time I was stressed because I was gaining weight and I get home and I had to go to the doctor just for like a checkup or something. And the doctor, she was like, 
you do need, you know, you are a little bit overweight. You do need to lose some weight. I'm sure you're aware. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You you have never been at an unhealthy weight in your life. (laughs) I don't know what that lady was talking about. I was not even like, I'm like, and I had no health problems. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with it. There's no need to tell me that. And Mm -hmm. lose weight is not an actionable yeah. No. Not like, if all. people could lose How weight, do I do they that? Would be lo- There's a reason yeah. that America is number one in food worry mm-hmm. and, like, leading in obesity because yeah. those two things are linked. When people talk about body positivity and people are like, stop glorifying obesity, it's like, <laughs> no one's glorifying obesity. They're trying to help people not be, like, stressed into this, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, unhealthy lifestyle that we've all put ourselves into by glorifying like health worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All she told me was like, so just you know, eat 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 some more vegetables and like get some more exercise, and you'll you'll be fine. But I'm like, why would you tell me that? Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. literally that's insane. So, I was ugh. so like, and of course at the time it just like hurt my feelings pretty much and mm-hmm. made me think like, oh, I really need to lose weight. Now looking back, I'm like, I should have said, like, I should have said, why Why would you say that to me? Mm-hmm. Like, do I have mm-hmm. a health problem that I need to be, like, worried about? Like, why would you say that? You know, I yeah. wish I would have gotten mad at her. And I think now I probably would if a doctor said that to me because there mm-hmm. was just no point. But it's like when you're in that moment, it's, like, very hurtful. Yeah. there's a There was a couple of studies or, like, surveys done or something where they determined that part of the reason why obese people have higher you know disease rates is because they're just scared to go to the doctor and so it just escalates worse Mm, because Mm -hmm. doctors shame them yeah and so it's like there's not actually a ton of evidence that your weight really has a huge effect on your health anyway yeah but we just no. like to say that because it gives us a reason to have biases and mm-hmm. be unkind <laughs> yeah we love we love a good reason to feel better than someone else yeah exactly <laughs> True. yeah i thought the statistics in the book were really interesting about america's obsession with health mm-hmm. and like how It's like we keep obsessing over this and it's not helping us. So maybe like choose a different path, you know, than to be really obsessed with weight and and even like health consciousness. Like we're way more into like all the, you know, healthy eating and stuff. And I don't know. I remember reading French Women Don't Get Fat or whatever that book is like back in the day and Mm -hmm. being like, oh, if I just, you know – savored my food with like a fancy cheese like that would help you know and it's like I really just think our our whole like mindsets in our country are like so messed up and I don't know that French fancy French cheese would really like change things necessarily but let's really quick um talk about so it sounds like Grace and Tess didn't read the part about kids but Anne I'm curious what your thoughts were on the section about like raising intuitive eaters because I felt like that to me was like one of the more interesting parts of the book and most controversial in my opinion with like how to actually like implement I, it. <laughs> yeah I well I follow um a few like intuitive eating because I'm very concerned like I don't I don't want my kids to have to like struggle with disordered eating, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm like, I don't, I don't want, you know, to mess up. I think kids kind of naturally are somewhat intuitive eaters, you Mm -hmm. know? So I don't want to like do anything to mess that up. But, um, so I follow like growing intuitive eaters on Instagram and like, there's a few, I don't know, there's plenty of like Instagram accounts about, you know, how not to, like, make foods sound, you know, inherently, like, dangerous or, you know, scary to kids mm-hmm. and help them just have, like, a healthy relationship with food. Um, but, yeah, probably I'm guessing what you would think would be, like, controversial is maybe, I don't know, not <laughs> – not restricting like 
unhealthy foods or like candy or what? Yeah. Like what Not necessarily controversial, you- but that was, yeah, that was definitely one thing that it talked about um, just having like M&Ms or whatever, like the treat, you know, is that your kids love or if there's a dessert or something to just serve it on the table with the rest of the dinner. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I mean, I'll give it a try, but I just can't. <laughs> and it said, it said like, you have to commit to this as like a lifestyle. Like, of course, if you do mm-hmm. it one time, of course your kids, and it said like for the first, you know, week or two, like they might just only eat they use the term um, play food instead of junk food, which I thought – I'm like, yeah, I could – I think that's a change I could make, you know, from calling things junk food or unhealthy. Um, maybe call it a play food. But it talked about, like, if you just, like, don't restrict it, kids won't be as obsessed with it, which I definitely think – I mean, I see that in my own kids. Like, when something's off limits, it's like they are – all day. Like, when can we have a lollipop? You know, it's like they just are so fixated on it. Um, But just also with having multiple kids, the practicalities of like managing all of their different preferences and honoring that and honoring their hunger too. I'm like, okay, but if you have four kids and they all want a snack like every (laughs) hour, like how do I allow like them to be hungry they didn't yeah. really they didn't really Just talk about that in enough depth and i'm sure there's probably books <laughs> yeah. maybe they've even written one i don't know about kids specifically i was like i would probably need more info on like how to manage that with multiple kids yeah. because i was like you i would count? just be cooking constantly if i was <laughs> it's doing true. that you can't just like and i don't think that they necessarily mean just give them access to food you know all day every day Because a lot of the accounts that I follow will say, like, you're the parent, and so you control, like, when food is, you know, when food is served and which foods, like, are available, and they can control, like, how much of it, you know, they want to eat. And so, and if they ask, like, can I have, like, more, you know, more ice cream or something, you can say, like, more, like, the ice cream is not available right now but like we'll have more tomorrow or something Mm -hmm. and that kind of is like instead of just saying like no ice cream is so bad for you you know that's Mm -hmm. you're not saying they can never have ice cream again you're just saying like that's all we're having tonight or whatever Mm -hmm. but i like that and i also just like the just watching like the language you you use around the food instead of being like no you can't have more ice cream it's gonna make you it's not healthy it's not good for you just say like oh that's all for today you know like yeah i liked that I can't thought. remember who I follow, but they they say you can explain, you know, because kids are going to, whether or not you say foods are healthy or unhealthy, they're going to pick that up from like school and stuff. For sure. And so you can kind of talk with them and be like, well, some foods do a little and some foods do a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, like vegetables, this is what vegetables do. And like candy is going to give you like a a short burst of energy, but then you're not going to have that energy anymore. Like mm-hmm. you can kind of, you know, as your kids get older, explain it on those terms. I think those are all good things. I just, yeah, it was more the logistics of like <laughs> offering. A, and it was like at every meal, offer a variety of side dishes for them to choose from. And I was like, oh my word, I can barely pull together one side dish. Like I'm barely getting <laughs> three meals yeah. on the table. So like, yeah. I was kind of like, do any of these people have more than one child? Because I was, <laughs> I don't know, like how I could practically do this, but it was good principles for sure. I just, yeah. Um, I, the I book do is think lacking in practical applications. Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree with that, and I think the truth, like what they brought up about infants and toddlers, is very true from my observation. Like mm-hmm. they are very intuitive, and I, I did like how they said like. You can kind of just let them guide because I was like, well, I'm, you know, our house is so chaotic that, you know, I can't really micromanage them all eating anyway. So it makes me feel good when that is actually like sound parenting advice, which is really just me like losing control <laughs> most of the time and <laughs> just being like, <laughs> like, oh, shoot, so-and-so didn't ate one bite and so-and-so ate three helpings of 
cottage cheese and like I couldn't even control it. So like that's fine. I guess like they're they're fine. But they did talk about back to the whole like moral issue around food. I do feel like that as a parent. Like I've felt a lot of judgment in the past over like what I do let my kids eat or what Mm -hmm. I don't make them eat. And I think like that is a major area that parents judge each other on is like how kids eat and it was saying how like sometimes letting them yeah letting them eat ice cream after lunch or whatever is they're like let go of that you know fear over what other people will think and I'm like oh that would for sure be something Mm -hmm. that I would feel like self-conscious about is is if I let my kids eat in a way that is like different from what other people think is good or not but yeah yeah but they shared that statistic that kids in the u.s are like 200 242 times more likely to have an eating disorder than type 2 diabetes Mm, that's interesting so it's like okay yeah maybe lay off like (laughs) yeah the fear (laughs) and the restriction because like Eating disorders are super dangerous too, mm-hmm. and like Amanda also said that parent. There's a study that like parents with overweight kids, when they stopped trying to control their eating and stopped commenting on it, that they lost weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Anything else you guys want to add? No. Overall, mm-hmm. I mean, I I liked, I I liked the book, even though I was like, yeah, it didn't exactly give everything I thought. It should for the time mm-hmm. that it was published, it was pretty revolutionary, I mm-hmm. think. So Yeah. Yeah. You definitely need some there's more resources now than yeah. there were back then. So that's true. Okay. Should we move on to weekly wins? Mm-hmm. Well, I will start very quickly. It's funny that Anne mentioned Costco muffins because my win this week was a muffin recipe that I tried. Um, and we can share it on Instagram. Um, it uses sourdough discard. So I, that's like a recurring theme is my muffin recipes that use sourdough discard. Because I know I've shared about the pumpkin ones that I really love too. Um, but these are like a double chocolate muffin and they're really good. And I made them really twice good. this last week. So yeah, Grace had Man. one when she came over. Um, I don't know if they're quite – anytime I make a double chocolate muffin, I'm like – it's like the Costco muffins. And I don't know if it's quite that delicious. Those are like on a cut above, but. It was different, but in some ways it was better. Whoa. Mm. Thank you so I much. I like the like, I kept saying depth of flavor. We keep Claire, saying depth of flavor. <laughs> <laughs> told me, she's like, yeah, if you use sourdough discard, it just kind of gives a depth of flavor. And so I, I can't really taste it. Like, oh, I could not even tell you what depth of flavor really means. It's just one of those like. <laughs> foodie words that I like to throw around. But yeah, I'll share. We'll post it on Instagram, the recipe, if anyone wants it. All your muffin recipes are inaccessible to me because I just don't have any sourdough discard lying around. Oh, that's true. Well, if anyone local (laughs) wants some from me, you're welcome to come get some. I just might. Um, I have a a win that is Costco adjacent as well. Um, I made soft pretzels i've done it a couple times uh and that you know i just got a recipe i just googled pretzel recipe and made them but i discovered dipping them in the queso that we've talked about from costco (gasps) oh that sounds so good it's really really good and maybe even thin it with just like a tiny bit of milk so that it's you know a a little bit thinner consistency mm-hmm. and then I add like a splash of tapatio. <gasps> oh, Grace, that it's sounds so good. Because so yeah, Grace offered me one of her pretzels. We were sharing, look at us, sharing baked goods, Grace. I give you a muffin, <laughs> you give me a pretzel, mm-hmm. you scratch my back, I scratch yours. And yeah, the pretzels were were delicious and Molly was an intuitive eater because she ate some of it and then she was like, I'm done and like gave me the rest of it. <laughs> But they were really good. Yeah. And man, I wish I had some of that queso because that would have been the perfect thing to dip them in. That sounds Mm -hmm. so good. Okay. Mine is the NYX brow glue. It's just, you know, I've used like other brow gels before and they will hold your eyebrows, you know, in a certain way for like a little while, but eventually they 
give up, especially if you have very like strong eyebrows. <laughs> and the so the brow glue is more gluey, so it really like keeps them in place, and you can get that like fluffy mm. brow look. And I'm sure there's way better products out there, but this is my cheap recommendation. Ooh. That's I've been looking for a good brow product lately because mine shift throughout the day and it's just a mess. Um, I don't really have. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been trying to think of one while you guys were talking. <laughs> Your eyes um, looked sort of like not engaged. I guess I'll just say. I've eaten a diet of pretty much just Dots pretzels for the last week. <laughs> nice. And I know everyone already knows about Dots pretzels, but I finally bought some and I got the regular and the honey mustard. Mm. And I've never um, tried the honey mustard. Is it good? The honey mustard is good. It's got like a sweet, a honey pretzel with the, like the actual pretzel itself oh. is kind of honey flavored. And then the seasoning, it's delicious. Even Luke likes them, and he doesn't even like mustard. So, uh, yeah, that's that's it for me. <laughs> I love the pretzel theme. <laughs> yeah, pretzel yeah theme pretzels galore. <laughs> well, hey, pre-intuitive eating, none of us probably would have touched a Dodd's pretzel. So I would say that's a win Progress. right there. Yeah. yeah. made. <laughs> Okay, I think that wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our show and visit our website, hopculturepod.com. We'll also be popping up on Instagram throughout the week, so follow Hop Culture Pod for more fun. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>